Chapter Twenty of the Pioneers by Catherine Susanna Pritchard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kirsty. Davy, the schoolmaster's voice went out with a glad note in it. He turned aside from the men who were talking with him outside Mrs. Hegarty's parlour. His arm stretched to grip the boy's hand. But Davy swung past. He did not see or hear. He did not even know where he was going. He walked through darkness, surging darkness, though the night was a clear one, stars diamond bright on the inky blue screen of the sky. The houses of the weary were white in the light. Deep shadows were cast back from their walls as they squatted against the earth. Davy turned the angle of the house into the stable yard. Instinct carried him to it and to the fence where his horse was tethered. There was a fluttered cackle of fowls, a startled yelping of dogs, as he threw on his saddle and turned out of the yard, taking the road to the hills. The men outside Hegarty, smoking and swapping yarns with the schoolmaster, watched him go. Sparks of white fire flew from his horse's hoofs as they beat along the road. "'Young Davy's riding as though the devil were at his heels,' someone remarked, through teeth that gripped a pipe. "'Never seen him ride like that before,' Thad McNab said. Farrell did not speak. He wondered, too, what it was had sent the boy out into the night like that. Half an hour before he had seen him dancing with Jess Ross, and his face had just such a look as his mother's might have had when she was his age, and dancing. He looked back into the room. Jess was sitting, a very forlorn, dejected little figure on a bench by herself. Deirdre was dancing with Connell. Instinctively he associated Davy's going with Deirdre. They had been such good friends when they were children, and he had imagined that they would be so glad to meet each other again. He followed Deirdre as she danced with Connell. Connell was an old friend of his. He had seen a good deal of him since they left the hills, and few men had the place in the schoolmaster's regard and affection that Long Connell had. He had been with them on several of their wanderings, and Deirdre and he had always seemed to get on like brother and sister together, he thought. But now he saw the gleam in Connell's eyes as he bent over her, the tenderness in his swarthy face, Deirdre's smile, her swift glances, shy and alluring, her averted head. The way she laughed and moved were a revelation to him. So Deirdre is a woman, and at woman's tricks, he thought. She had been a child to him till this night, Connell with his sunburnt bearded face, his rough hands, his eyes, bright with love and laughter, had made a woman of her, he told himself. And what had she made of him? The schoolmaster saw his eyes on her neck where the dark curls gathered dewily. He knew as much as there was to be known of Long Connell, knew that he had flirted and drunk and sworn his way along all the stock routes in the country. He had kissed and ridden away times without number. But there was something else in his eyes now, something that promised he would never want to ride far or long from the sight of Deirdre. The schoolmaster was sure of that. For a moment he saw the girl's averted face, the curve of her white neck, the little tendrils of hair clustering moist and jetty about her ears, her scarlet fluttering lips, as Connell might have seen them. "'She's a beautiful woman, Deirdre.' An uneasily moving voice jerked suddenly behind him with sly, chuckling laughter. It was Thad McNab who spoke. He grudged Mrs. Hegarty her gathering of young people and the patronage of Pat Glynn. But then she was able to run the place better than he, and although it was supposed to be her property, none knew better than the two of them that it was his as much as the black bull. 
McNab came and stood in Mrs. Mary Ann's doorway sometimes when there was dancing, and the joy of several of the dancers was quenched at the mere sight of his shrivelled yellow face and pale eyes. The schoolmaster looked down at him. No man could afford to quarrel with McNab. "'How old will she be now?' asked McNab. Eighteen, replied the schoolmaster. "'She's the prettiest girl ever seen down in this part of the world,' muttered old Salt Watson. "'Connell seems to think so. It was Johnny M'Loughlin who laughed.' "'And who's Connell to think so? Isn't any girl on the roads good enough for him to play the fool to?' asked McNab waspishly. "'Best not to let him hear you say so, Thad.' McNab shook his shoulders. "'I'm not frightened of Connell. The rest of you may be.' "'Still, you wouldn't like that fist of his about you, Thad,' Salt Watson murmured. "'And Connell isn't what you might call a respecter of persons when he's roused.' The schoolmaster went into the dance-room. He crossed it in leisurely fashion and went to Jessie. She was sitting staring before her, a mist of tears dimming her pretty eyes. He did not go near Deirdre, did not look at her even. But Connell dropped her hand when the schoolmaster came into the room, and a faint bird-like fear that had fluttered in Deirdre's eyes vanished. A little later she came to him, with a breath that was almost a sob. "'Can't we go now?' she said. Looking into her eyes he saw the shine of tears in them. He had meant to talk very seriously to her on their way from Mrs. Hegarty's, but now she demanded tenderness and not reproof. She seemed to have stumbled against something she did not understand. She had dropped her armour of gaiety. All her shy, bright glances, smiles, sighs, and little airs and graces. She had been playing with these women's weapons and had wearied of them. Or perhaps she was surprised at their power and troubled by it, he thought. There was a hurt expression he had never seen before in her eyes. She looked very young and tired. He wrapped her up in her shawl, took her by the arm, and they went out into the moonlight together, making their way to the Black Bull, where they were staying until they could find another home in the district. End of chapter 20